Welcome back. This is your host, Alex, on The Landed. I am super pumped up today because I get to introduce you to one of the fr- friends that I talked about on the first podcast. Uh, he's he's the influencer in why this is happening. Uh, so I am excited to introduce Adrian as uh, as co-host and uh, and just a all around good dude. He's he's uh, one of my one of my best friends. Um, he may not even know that, but uh, uh, I'm super pumped. So Adrian, welcome. Hey everybody, glad to be glad to be on and glad to be hanging with with Alex like always and just walking. That's all we're doing. Love it. Just walking. Yes. <clears throat> so before we before we hit record, Adrian and I were already having deep dialogue as we always do and uh one of the things that that i wanted to talk about today is it's a theme that is playing out in my life and i continue to see the need uh to have a heart of forgiveness especially when you feel like you've been wronged and uh and so yeah that's that's going to be the 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 topic for now um and then we'll just kind of see where this goes. And if it turns into something different, then great. If not, then we'll just keep with it. So the the idea, the topic is how do you love people when you want justice for the wrongs? Because hmm. let's be real. You know, I'm just going to tell you about my experience and Adrian can can give his but when somebody wrongs me, I, I'm, you know, I'm super forgiving. I will you know, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But then if you do it again, and I was telling Adrian this just a couple of minutes ago, I get into Mr. Judge. I turn into uh, a judge in my head and I will, I will, I will judge you hard. <laughs> it's not a quality of mine that I love and it's something that I need to work on. But I do. And I will, and I, you know, it's not that I won't be friends with you, but I will keep you at a distance and I will, I will judge you internally. You know, my, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, I was in the car with my kids, I'm driving and someone does something, you know, cuts me off or, you know, is driving too slow. And I'll be like, come on, you idiot. And the, and you know, my daughter will be like, daddy, you can't, you can't say that about people. By the way, she's seven. And for her little mind and heart to understand uh, forgiveness from from her, you know, from her position of life and where she's at as a seven year old, uh, it keeps me accountable. But I judge the living hell out of people in their cars. <laughs> I think we all do, right? Uh, but then I also say it out loud, and then my kids see that, and then you know, so that that's a quality that I I don't want them to carry over. But but those are things that I do. You know, I'll, I'll say it out loud or I'll, or I'll start to paint the picture in my head, which is not true. And I think we all formulate these ideas when we get hurt. And so, um, so here we are. That's the topic. Uh, you, you started saying something before we got on that I want you to, to share. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is forgiveness. And with what you said, there's, like, there's, there's a lot there. There's so much there, but there's two things that jump out at me. One is forgiveness. Um, yeah, we have to forgive. Mm-hmm. We've been forgiven. Yeah. Um, we all appreciate forgiveness. We appreciate mercy. We appreciate grace. But something about being human makes it really hard for us to show those things. And one of the things that we've been discussing recently is um, some days it's easier to forgive for whatever reason your biology, your physiology, your brain chemistry, your circumstance, whatever. I'm in a great mood. You know, I've got enough good things going on in my life that it's easy for me to forgive that day. Other days, circumstances make it more difficult to forgive because we don't have enough other things to kind of lift us up out of this offense or whatever. Yeah. But we're still supposed to forgive either way. Um, And the thing that we talked about last time that was so impactful in the discussion is... Forgiveness isn't a one-time thing. <laughs> Forgiveness is a choice. And, mm. you know, sometimes it's a choice that we have to make daily. 
it's easy to say I forgive that person when I'm not in the same room with them mm-hmm. um, and everything's going great. How about the next time I run into him and I'm having a bad day? Mm-hmm. Am I still going to forgive him then? So right before we hopped on, I had to look up the scripture because I'm not good with addresses. And it was Peter asking Jesus, like, yeah, if somebody, it was in, um, what was it? It was in Matthew 18. And Peter's asking, yeah, if someone sins against me, how many times do I forgive him? Seven. And Jesus' response is, well, no, 70 times seven. And I think that 70 times seven is where that, that ties into forgiveness being a choice. Sometimes that you see him again and. You have to choose to forgive again. Yeah. You see him again and you have to choose to forgive again because I think the natural tendency of our heart is to to go back into resentment and to hold on to, to the offense and to hold on to the hurt. And there's another thing I was thinking about just before you came over here. Um, emotions for me, and I think for others, they have momentum. Mm, totally. So if you think of, of an emotion, let's say somebody offends you. I imagine it like a um, uh, like a snowball at the top of a, a hill, mm-hmm. and you know when a snowball rolls down a hill, the further down it goes, the bigger it gets. The heavier it gets, the faster it goes, yeah. and the harder it is to stop. Yeah, yeah. I think those things happen with us emotionally. Somebody offends us, mm-hmm. um, we start getting upset. Yeah, and it simmers and it brews mm-hmm. and it starts rolling down that hill. Yeah. Now, if we address it, if we approach them and try to resolve it, or they approach us when that snowball is still at the top of the hill, yeah. well, it's, it's easier to stop. Hmm. But if that if that offense has been simmering for a day, two days, mm-hmm. three days, a week, two weeks, and we've had time to build this narrative in our head, yeah. then yeah, we can still stop it, but you're stopping a lot of momentum emotionally. Hmm. And that's tough. And I, I get this visualization of as that snowball's rolling, it begins to pick up dirt, grass. Yeah, well, somebody <laughs> offends us. And, I mean, we, we take it. You're right. And I mean, building on that same metaphor, it picks up other stuff. It's not just that thing anymore. Like, yeah. then we we don't just question, we don't just feel offended by that one thing that person did. Yeah. But then we start building a narrative and questioning everything else they do. Yeah. Well, what are their motives over here? And why do they do this? And why, if they hurt me in this way and they did this thing, then like, who are they really? Yep. And then we start kind of dissecting their lives and questioning everything and judging everything about them. And mm-hmm. man, there's, there's conviction there because I, I'm, I've been forgiven. I'm no one to, to cast judgment on someone right. like that. Yeah. Now, one important thing I think it, it, there is to say as we have these discussions, um, just because we're discussing these things and just because we mm-hmm. come to these realizations mm-hmm. doesn't mean we really get it. Yeah, boy. <laughs> we we press stop on record, we walk out the door, yeah. you, you know, you go to work, you go into your family relationship with your spouse, your family, your brother, your sister, your cousin, you know, whatever area. And then all this stuff we're talking about gets mm-hmm. tested. Yeah, that's the real that's the real testing ground, not, you know, two guys having a, a discussion in a safe space. Yeah. About what it means to forgive. Yeah. What it means to forgive and our understanding of that is going to be played out the next time we have to forgive. And that's walking out the gospel. And that's that's tough. Without Jesus. Mm. That's why we need Jesus every day. That's why we need to cling to his garment. That's why we need to to be seeking him and talking with him and clinging to him daily. Because left to our own devices, I mean, most of us. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're not going to do what we're supposed to do. Right. I think about... I learned this in therapy... You know, my counselor uh, and I work through those emotions can sometimes begin to feel like the other person's emotions too. And 
then then you begin to because of that right you start begin you, you begin to kind of build narratives and ideas and thoughts around something that may not even be the realistic like thought or what it what even happened right in the moment and so then we carry that we carry that weight of that individual or at least that emotion what we think they're holding on to um And then we, or at least I do, uh, then I get into the mode of wanting to take things in my own hands and try to get justice for myself. And, uh, and, and this, and the reason I say this is because this is, this is the, 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 the realistic picture that most of us do. I think I do it at least we're not, <laughs> I'm not really running to God in that moment. Because I'm thinking, well, I, wanna, I can take care of yeah, this. Yeah, I got you. Right. Payback. So I you can know handle what. this. We carry that, and then sometimes the, you know, the danger is we carry that into other relationships or, or other situations, and then we start creating narratives and uh, positioning other people in the same way that that one person. Um, or at least the way that we felt that one person was in that moment. So, uh, yeah, that's tough. It's, you know, I don't know, maybe about a couple months ago, we talked about how I felt like I was losing zeal to like, Mm, yeah, I remember just spend time with God. And it's not that I wasn't spending time with him, but just getting excited to open up scripture because I wasn't in chaos. Mm -hmm. Or uh, uh, I wasn't I wasn't in a fence mode, and uh, looking back at that, um, and even and even now, like there are still moments where I have to be, um, I have to check myself because I go back into that mode, and uh, and I don't cling on to him the way that I need to, and then I put myself in back in the dirt and rolling around and adding more junk to that full and snowball. That's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny how when things are... Um, you hear this said all the time, and it's a cliche, but cliches, I think, exist because they're true. They're these truths that just emerge and surface over and over and over over time. Um... When everything's going great, we're less inclined, I'm less inclined, Mm. to cling to his garment. I'm less inclined to spend with him because, well, everything's going great. But then when we're in crisis, oh man, Mm. we we run to Jesus right away when we're in crisis. Not always, some run away, but I know me, I'm like, Lord, I need you, I need you. And sometimes I hear in the back of my mind... You know, God saying, well, you, you really needed me back then, too, when everything was great. Yeah. <laughs> and it hits me. I, I did. I did. If for no other reason I need to, to be close to him, to give him thanks and to be grateful and to honor the reason things are going good. Mm-hmm. To honor his blessing, to honor him for his blessings and all the good things he's done. Um, yeah, I think... I think sometimes we walk into valleys on our on our own. We you know we get to a point where we're on a mountaintop and we we have to go to from point A to point B and we're yeah. standing on this mountaintop and we look over and you know when you're when you're at elevation you're up high you know you're looking across a valley of a bunch of trees and stuff. Well, the path looks pretty clear. It's like oh I know how to get from here to there. Oh cool yeah fine because I'm up here right I'm I'm, I'm up high. Yeah. So you. Dive down and you go in. And the thing about being in a valley is your perspective is much more limited. Mm -hmm. Um, The path isn't as clear anymore. Yep. Um, And that's where we need to trust in him and just say, Lord, okay, I needed you up there, but I need you down here. I need you always. There's that that line from that, um, that Bethel song. I think it's Brandon Lake. Um. 
The God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. And, man, every time I hear that, every time I sing that, mm. it hits me and it hits me just in my soul. Yeah. Because God's grace and his love is so incredibly um, faithful. Mm. The God of the mountain is the God of the valley. I'm going to screw up. It's just a matter of when. It's not if. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to allow the shape of my heart to, to become something that it shouldn't at times. And the truth is that God loves me when I'm doing my best and I'm trying to be faithful and when I'm not. And that's so hard for us to wrap our heads around because going back to the topic, forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Somebody offends you, somebody does something wrong, and we want justice. Yes. We don't want mercy, we want justice. Yep. And I think because we feel that way, sometimes we project that perspective onto God. Yep. We assume God is the same mm-hmm. way. So I think that's mm-hmm. a lot of times when we're, when we're in the valley and we have a hard time, we have a hard time running to Him because... We're imagining that he would do what we did. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you 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 left me because everything was cool, and you went off and did your own thing. Right. Oh, and now you want me? Yeah. That may be how we feel, right? But that's not how God feels. Yeah. You said something earlier when you're sitting on top of that mountain and you're looking down, and then we you go, right? Uh, talking to Jay, our buddy Jay. Mm-hmm months ago and uh, he had mentioned you know a lot of times Christians will 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 paint the picture that the enemy is leading me here and in the valley but a lot of times it's us thinking the opposite and then we're we go in and we're God wasn't leading us anywhere sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we saw something shiny. We're like, I yeah. want that. I'm going to go over there. And then we go through all these rationalizations to to try to co-opt God into yeah. it and say, well, I wanted to do that. And well, these are all the reasons that that God's leading me there. Yeah. And um, no, no, <laughs> no, sometimes, <bro. laughs> no. Sometimes, sometimes we run into those situations ourselves. But there's yes. a scripture. I think it's I think it's in Proverbs. Um, I read it recently, uh, and I cling to this scripture man, all the time. Um, a man chooses his path, but the Lord directs his steps. Mm-hmm. And the reason I love that scripture is because for me, there's so much grace in that. Yeah. And the the imagery that 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 I think of when I think of that scripture is um, I'm walking down a street and I turn down a dark alley that I shouldn't have gone down. Mm-hmm. I chose my path. Mm-hmm. But God, his grace will direct me out of that. Yeah, His grace will direct my steps through that situation that I got myself into. Yeah. So he'll let me do it. He, we have mm-hmm. free will. Yeah. Um, but he still loves us enough to meet us in the valley and to walk with us there and to direct our steps if we're willing to listen. Mm. That's another thing that I've been praying like the last few years is I remember when I was younger, I used to pray, God, speak, God, speak. I you know, I need you to speak, Lord. And it occurred to me one day, it's like, God's probably always speaking. Mm -hmm. I'm just not listening. Mm -hmm. So my prayer the last, you know, several years has been, Lord, help me to hear what it is you're saying. Help me to hear your voice. Help me to hear your voice more clearly than all the noise in my head. Um, A lot of which I'm creating. Right. Help me to hear your voice. So the prayer isn't so much God speak into this situation. Um, The prayer for me has become, Lord, help me to hear you in this situation. Yeah. You're slow to speak, quick to listen. <clears throat> That's a tough one. 
especially when someone pisses you off and you're like, you know what? Let me let me give you my two cents real quick. And lay into you for just a minute. Well, going back to forgiveness, I think if we're if we're leaning into him and we're seeking him regularly, mm-hmm. um, I always try, have trouble saying that regularly. Regular, regular, regular. See, yeah, now you're yeah, regularly. When I'm seeking him, him regularly and genuinely, not not because it's a habit or because it's an obligation or I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to write in my journal every day every, for this year or I'm going to do my daily Bible read. No, like, yes, we need to do those things, but it needs to be, come out of our heart. Yeah. Um, when we're doing that or when I'm doing that, I think it's easier to hear him. It's easier to hear in those situations. Yeah. It's easier to hear God saying, you need to forgive that person. Yeah. Um, mm. It's easier to hear, you need to show grace right now. You need to, to try to see this individual um, the way that I see them. Mm-hmm. That's another thing Paul and I pray all the time. We've talked about this. Yeah. It's like, Lord, help me to see others the way that you see them. Help me mm-hmm. see... God, I want to see people through the eyes of Jesus because if I see what he sees, I will be moved the way he is moved. Yeah. Even, even when I'm hurt, yep. even when I'm on the receiving end of an offense, um, trying to see them through the eyes of grace and compassion yeah. um, is important. But I think we can only do that if we're spending time with him, mm-hmm. if we're around him, if we're you know, seeking him in his word, seeking him in prayer, worshiping, worshiping him um, in our private lives and in our public lives. Yep. Both. Are we trying to be near him at all times in our thoughts, in our actions? Because then I think forgiveness becomes easier. Then I think um, hearing his voice gets easier the more we're with him. You were talking... This, I thought this was interesting. Um, you're mentioning your daughter. How you're driving along and you react to this traffic situation. When you said that, it made me think of um, how we learn more from what we see than what we're told. Mm-hmm. I think most of what I learned from my parents, most of what I learned from mm-hmm. them, it's not so much what they told me, but what they taught me or right. through example. Yeah. For better or for worse. Right. The good and the bad. Um, we learn what we see. So. Like. The more the more time we spend with him, mm-hmm. hopefully that'll be changing our character so that we're actually um, becoming more like him. As we see him in his word and we pray that he reveal himself through his word. If we see him, then we start seeing him, seeing him move in the world around us. Um, the hope is that we would learn through his word and through prayer and time with him, that we would see him at work and we would start becoming more like him. Yeah. But it has to, it has to become action. It can't just live in our heads. Mm. Well, I think a lot of that is really positioning our heart with his heart, right? Mm-hmm. I think if we're, if we're on our knees and we're spending that time with him, then we're being intentional to listen, mm-hmm. right? And then he can speak into, into the moments of weakness, into the moments of, of forgiveness that needs to happen with an individual. Because human nature, you know, especially if you grew up in a home where conflict was a natural thing, mm-hmm. it's really easy for you to continue being the person that you don't want to be, but that, but that requires, if you don't want to be that person, it requires you to, to have your quiet time with him so that he can change your heart. And so that you can then act, <laughs> the behavior starts to change. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, we've talked about, you know, you, you'll have to, you'll have to say it because information is not enough. How do you, how do you, yeah, we were we were talking about um, in trying to follow Jesus and become who He's created us to be. Information isn't enough. Um, 
knowing the word. Like I, I read this quote recently. It's like, yeah, do you know someone that knows the, the scriptures in the Bible 10 times better than you? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the next line was, do they love 10 times better than you too? Mm-hmm. Well, oof. So it's not just, do you know it? <clears throat> but information isn't enough. Um, even wisdom isn't enough. We look at Solomon, the end of his life. What happened with Solomon? He, had a, he was the wisest man in the world. Yep. He had wisdom. He had worldly wisdom. He had wisdom that was gifted to him by God. But things still went awry at the end of his life. Yeah. Um, you have David, where there was passion. Yep. There's passion, there's courage. Um, there's joy, expressiveness. You have all these things, but even those aren't enough. Yeah. The passion, the bravery, the courage, those aren't enough. So if, if, if intelligence and information isn't enough, and wisdom isn't enough, and passion isn't enough, then what is enough? Well, I think it all has to rest on a foundation of relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Because in every one of those situations, a relationship, an active, life-giving relationship, intimate relationship with God, yeah. speaking with him daily, seeking him daily... Um, that informs every one of those other things. All those other things are, are uh, not derivative, but they're, they're expressions of what's going on in that relationship. Right. Like, you have a good relationship with him. You know his heart. You seek his heart. He's doing something in you. Then I think we'll live lives that are informed and influenced by Jesus, by him. Yep. So if, if we... If we have passion, mm-hmm. it's going to be informed and influenced by our relationship with God. If we have wisdom, then how we how we uh, utilize that wisdom, how we act on that wisdom is going to be informed and influenced by the person of Jesus. Right. If we have intelligence, if we have information, if we have any of the any other of these these giftings, um, they have to sit on a, a foundation of a relationship with Him. Yeah. Because then. We use all those things. We're directed and guided to use all those giftings and talents and abilities. Um, we use them in a way that's influenced and informed by our relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lord, like, yeah, I'm wise. Okay, what are you going to do with that wisdom? Mm. Okay, you're smart. What are you going to do with that intelligence? Okay, you're courageous. What are you going to do with that courage? Yeah. Okay, you're passionate. What are you going to do with that passion? Yeah. And it's that that foundation of relationship that informs that. Mm-hmm. And then I think I think of Luke six forty five. A good man brings forth good things out of the abundance stored up in his heart. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's. I think that the goodness stored up in our heart that's what happened when we spend time with him. Mm-hmm. When we're spending time with him, our heart is getting filled. Yes. When we're in his presence, we're getting poured. He is pouring into us because. Um, I don't think we we go to God in prayer to change him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we go to God in prayer because it changes us. Yeah. So then once we're changed, then all these other things are just outcroppings mm-hmm. of who God created us to be. So if there's good things in us. That's why sometimes when, when we talk about different um, techniques or strategies or things, I think they can be uh, terribly limiting. Mm-hmm. Or if you talk about a checklist, like, oh, here's a, and we all see it. Here's three ways to do this, or five ways to do this, or ten ways to do this, or whatever. Right. And, you know, I don't think Luke six forty five is talking about. Oh, here's a here's a top ten ways to to approach this, or yeah. here's this strategy. Mm-hmm. I think when when God pours into your heart and your heart is full, I think there's an unlimited number of ways mm-hmm. that that can express itself. Your heart is so yeah. full that things just come out. It may express itself as um, you being kinder to your kids. It may express itself as you starting a foundation for the homeless. It may express itself as you, you know, being encouraging to a coworker. It may express itself as you calling somebody to just say hey without an agenda. Yeah. It may express itself as you asking somebody how they're doing and having a genuine interest in their response. Like, no, I really want to know what's what's going on. Yeah, I'm not saying I can fix it, but I'm I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested. I want to know what's going on with you. Um, and I think those are the, the things that happen is when we spend time with him, is we start take taking on these characteristics which I think are are like Jesus, which is seeing people, which is 
making people feel safe, seen, and loved. And again, all these other things, they're not enough if they don't sit on a relationship. Yep. If we don't have a fundamental, intimate relationship uh, with God, then all these other things, I think, are going to have uh, inconsistent you know, measures of success. Yeah. They may look good for a little while or whatever, or whatever sure. but uh, if it's not rooted in a relationship with Him, then I think it's really easy for us to be trying to do our own thing. I think the problem is a lot of us take those check checklists checkpoints as gospel well yeah we love we love checklists because um we love things we can measure Mm. we love knowing that we're done yeah Mm. we love being able to say oh i did that i did that i did that check 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 i can measure all that and cool i'm done and in my in my mind in my ego we can feel like yeah i did stuff yeah and a lot of the things that God calls us to do, I mean, spoiler alert, they require faith. Mm. Like you do them and you don't know. Yeah. You don't, when you're walking with someone through a struggle, through a life or death struggle, um, where is that on a checklist? Because mm. you can't put a check on that. You yeah. don't know if the results are going to come back yeah. positive or negative. Right. You just have to wait yeah. on him. And there's so many situations where walking with others, it's not a it's not a checklist. It's just uh it's just walking. Yeah. It's just being, being present. present. So good. I mean, you you have walked through <clears throat> the valley with me through my divorce, and you know, I have lived that life of a checklist, right? Loving my wife, did it. Oh, buy flowers, did it. Or the kids, mm-hmm. you know. Sit down, watch a movie, check. All right, cool. Then I get my five minutes, ten minutes of, of me time. Or whatever it is. Um, and I have to be careful with that. Because if I carry that into every relationship, then it, it becomes transactional. Oh, that's, that's it right there. Transactional. Um... Our relationship, his relationship with us, mm. isn't transactional. Because yeah. if, if we got what we deserved and it was a simple exchange, um, why would he keep loving us? Mm. It's, it's not transactional. Yeah. But I think transactional um, activities are easier for us to get our head around. Mm-hmm. We like feeling like, oh, I did that. I did that. I'm done. I can wrap that up with a nice bow and it's, it's, it's finished. But I think what happens then is, um, I think it's more difficult to just say, Lord, hey, I, I don't know, but I trust you. Yeah. I don't know, but I trust you. Yeah. And I'm going to wait for you to say this, this season, this relationship, this thing that you've called me to do, I'm going to wait for you to say it's done. Yeah. I'm not going to try to create a, a checklist yeah. for when I think it's done. Yeah. So Lord, and again, this goes back to having, how do we know when we finish something? Well, I think the, our approach, my approach, my conviction is I just lean into him and he'll, how do I know? He'll let me know. Yeah. He'll let me know when I can stop doing that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think about the theme of, of you know, what what um, what this podcast was, was kind of built from, burning the ships. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's, you know, I think we look back at, at that ship and we see it in flames and we're like, okay, cool, now we're done. You know, it's sinking into the water and, no, bro, you, tr- you need to turn around and you've got... A whole land that you need to you need to plow and you need to begin to water and yeah, harvest. We're in desperation sometimes because, like, I went back and I looked at that because we had talked about it and the idea is you're it's full commitment. Mm, yep. You land on you land on you know you're part of a group of discoverers. You land on the shore, and if you want to ensure that that this party this group has the best chance of success, then 
you need to make it so that the only option is success. Yeah. So what do you do? You burn the ships. As long as the ships are there, hey, I can go back. I can go back to my old life. I can go back and do stuff the way they were before. Yeah. Mm. And I'm not going to try wholeheartedly. I'm not going to go forward and, and make it work. And I think of Joshua going into the promised land where he's like, mm-hmm. I'll go if you'll go with me. Yeah. And I think that's a perspective, you know, with burning the ships for me and moving forward in life is like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go forward and I won't look back. But I'm only going to do that if you're with me. Yeah. And I have to remind myself. Mm-hmm. I can I can only do that if I'm following him, yeah. if I'm with him. Yeah. But I think in our desperation sometimes when when we're walking forward, we're following Jesus and we're trying to live our life the way he's calling us to and things don't work out the way that we want them to. In our desperation, I think something that happens is we burn the ships. Mm-hmm. But we get out, we turn around and we look back on the shore at, at the scraps. Mm-hmm. And we start thinking about making a raft. Oh, wow. You're like, Oof. hey, there's, there's, there's pieces. I might be able to put them together and, yeah, and scoot off this, yeah, this decision to follow Jesus. I, you know what, my old life without him was was easier. I can, and we start looking at the, at the burn pile, mm-hmm. and trying to, to pick up the pieces and go back sometimes in our yeah. desperation. Um. And I think. I think a lot of decisions become easier when we settle in our hearts. That first decision of, I'm going to follow him. Yeah. As for me and my house. Yeah. I'm going to follow him no matter what. Once that decision is made and it's an absolute, it's like, I don't know what it's going to look like, but you know what? This is, this is a given. This is a non-negotiable. Yeah. I have no idea what it's going to look like. It's going to be an adventure. It's going to be a... A crazy ride. It's going to be... going to be tough. Know, yeah. It's going to be... It's not going to be what I expected. Yeah. I think we can always be guaranteed that it's not going to be what, exactly what we thought it was going to be. But it will be what he has destined it to be because he's sovereign. He's in control. Yeah. We just need to, to do our best to stick with him um, and to live out the purpose that he's created us for. Yeah. I've noticed in the past month, well, let me take that back. As I reflect back over the past year, the moments that I, even in chaos, the moments that I had the most peace is when I surrendered trust and held on to faith on whatever the outcome was going to be. And 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 the the picture that I want to paint right now is it's not it wasn't that I like was missing the chaos in my life. It wasn't that I was that I did that I had a lack of uh emotions all these things, right? Um but I had more clarity when I was surrender to him and I was able to have a a very clear picture of my movement moving forward Um, and when I turned around and I looked at the chaos in my current situation and the easy way out um, strife conflict all of these things uh, that make relationships hard becomes a language or that I was speaking. And so um, I think it's so important for anybody that's listening to this to understand that the only way out of any situation in your life is relationship with God. Uh, you, you, you said it earlier, kind of holding on to his garment. Um, you think about Mary and, and getting that piece of thread and, and Jesus looking back and saying, it up. I need him daily. Yeah. Even when I don't realize I need him. I need him. I need him all the time. I need him to guide my every thought. I need him to guide the state of my heart. 
I need him to guide my desires, my dreams. I need Jesus um, always. Yeah. Always. I need Jesus to to help me uh, lead and influence others from a place of joy, mm-hmm. not just brokenness. Mm-hmm. I need Jesus to to help me know when to be silent. I need him to help me know when to speak up. I need him to help me be, uh, to have courage. I need him to remind me to be humble. Yeah. I need him to help me to show grace and mercy. Um, I need him to help me see others the way he sees them so that I will love them the way that he loves them. Yeah. And I'm, the older I get, the more and more aware I am of just how much I need him. And at the same time, I'm so grateful because he's he's faithful and he's right there. Mm-hmm. He's I have but to call out. I mean, he's he's always present. Anytime I cry out to him, he hears, he listens. He's he's a God that is present. He's not far away. Yeah. And I think I want to I want to spend more time with him, him and become more like him. Because I think that'll that'll influence and inform um, everything else I do. Yeah. And I say that now because I may forget it next week. Right. Well. So I say this often when we talk. I yeah. say these things. Right. And as a reminder. As a reminder, and part of that's that's another one of the things: the importance of community and and being in relationship with community and others and walking in discipleship is. I can have all these feelings and all these thoughts yep. alone in my room. Yep. But there's no there's no real accountability or responsibility or sense of commitment or ownership mm. to those thoughts. But if I share it with you, I'm saying all these things and we go out and I'm behaving in a way that's inconsistent, mm-hmm. well then you have every right to say, hey bro, uh, I think you forgot something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you forgot... I think you've forgotten who you are and who you're trying to follow. Yep. So again, that's why one of the reasons that I've loved our relationship over the last couple of years is we've had those moments where we don't just have these conversations. Right. We'll go hang out and do other stuff too. Yeah. Because we need to be able to see each other in different contexts and different environments. Yeah. Because as humans, we put on different hats, man. Yeah. We compartmentalize. We're like, I'm hanging out with this group of friends. This is my language. This is my behavior. I'm hanging out with this group of friends. This is my language, my behavior. And I'm at work. This is my language and my behavior. This is the state of my heart. And when, you know, when I look at Jesus, it's like, he's the same all the time. Yeah. And in wanting to be more like him, that's what I want to be like. I want to be the same all the time. Yeah. I want to be like Jesus in every situation because I think that's who he created us to be. I laugh because on, on, uh, so last night I went out with some friends and we went to a comedy show mm-hmm. in downtown. And as I was driving up here, I don't know why the thought came to me. Maybe it was for this moment, mm-hmm. but I thought, am I the same with friends that are not believers? Oh, yeah. Come on, man. And then I am with believers. Cause I can, I mean, I'm, I'm very direct. I mean, you know me, um, I don't sugarcoat crap for anything uh sometimes it's hurtful when when i deliver it uh but um but am i the same that's and i i don't know (laughs) because nobody's ever told me like oh you're different here i think that's that's a bigger discussion but to to like put a placeholder in that yeah next episode (laughs) are you the same when you pick up the phone Think, Ooh, I hate think phone about, calls. Think, think about the voice, the voice we put on, depending on who's on the other phone. Mm. Some of us aren't even the same when we pick up the phone and start talking. It's mm-hmm. like, like, yeah, what do you want? Well, <laughs> well, you're hanging out with somebody and you're like, why are you doing that voice? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you talking yeah, yeah, yeah. like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, but that's probably something to unpack too, is yeah. being consistent, being the same all the time. 
Um, well, you, as you were as you were breaking down, <clears throat> spending time with with God mm-hmm. and letting Him influence your your decisions, the way you you behave, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Another visual uh, a visualization that I got in my head is this past week. I ran four miles for the first time. Mm-hmm. I think ever. Oh, nice. And I've been on a journey, just for everybody here on the podcast, I've been on a journey to run a half marathon in 2024. And I had changed up a couple of things in the gym because I want I wanted to get further in my runs, and uh, but I also wanted to pick up my pace. And uh, as I ran my typical 5K that I run on Saturdays, um, and I added an extra, you know, what, three quarters of a mile um, to make it four miles, I realized all that work that I was doing in the gym paid off because my body didn't hurt. I, I probably could have kept going, and I kept getting that visualization. Oh, dude, no. Yeah, really? Well, in fact, you want to unpack the, the LeBron commercial? LeBron commercial. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> okay. But it's, it's that... You know, kind of going back to the quiet time, going back to arming yourself mm-hmm. so that you're ready and prepared to be consistent. Not to behave in a way that is different when you're around others. You pull on that thread, man, for that whole discussion <laughs> we had on that LeBron commercial. And that, that was a great discussion, but that was. Oh, gosh. But I mean, but if you really think about it, that's that's what that's what you're doing. You're 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 preparing your mind. You're preparing your heart. You're preparing your spirit to be connected to Him, so that in the moments of when things don't go right, or when you're in in proximity of somebody that you don't mm-hmm. care for, you're consistent across the board. You're not gonna you're not gonna behave or act in a certain way. And I mean, you could probably see it in me. I'm around other people that I don't like. Uh, get a little more. Uh, actually, I don't even know. I I would love for somebody to call me out in that moment and say, "Hey, bro." <laughs> Some thoughts. Care, careful what you ask yeah, for. Yeah, All of us. <laughs> All kinds of people are gonna be coming up. Yeah, but. Um, I think it's so important, and I look at I look back at you know just physically getting, getting stronger for, you know running a, a half marathon in twenty twenty four, and how much work that takes, just to get your body to a place where you can sustain a pace, mm-hmm. for thirteen miles, thirteen plus miles, right, and how that closely relates to, faith and walking it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, living out the scripture, living out what Jesus called us to, to be. And, uh, and man, that's tough. If you don't have that quiet time, if you're not spending, spending it intentionally, uh, cause we're leaning on our own power. We're leaning on our own understanding. I mean, if I went and just ran for a mile, I'd be dead. <laughs> you guys would find me on, on the sidewalk somewhere, <laughs> not breathing. <laughs> Yeah, but this is great, man. I, you know, for everybody listening or for the one listener or for the five followers that we have, <laughs> uh, thank you, first off, for, for following us. Um, you know, the first episode, we got 50 listens or listeners. Oh, dude, that's cool. Uh, that's nice. And I'm not, I'm not going to track, I don't want to track data like that, but I just wanted to see if, uh, if we were having mm-hmm. some type of impact, even on the first episode. And uh, where was I going with this? It was somewhere I was going. I do I do this all the time when I'm with Adrian. I get into the mode of like thinking of something, and then I go off into another squirrel. Yeah, geez. Uh, I, I I honestly forgot what I was going to say. Hmm. Um, what was I saying? That uh, walking it out. We need to walk it out. We actually need to walk out following Jesus. And that's, um, you're talking about conditioning, conditioning your body for running. 
right, right. And how there's there's conditioning physically, but there's also conditioning spiritually. Like, yeah. what are we doing in order to walk out the gospel of Jesus? There's certain things we need to do mm-hmm. to condition ourselves yeah. in order to be prepared to face situations that require grace, that require courage, that require um, wisdom, that require mercy, that require strength. Well, we need to be doing some spiritual preparation too. Like you were saying, you've been preparing for this for this four mile run, and you put prep time in, and then when you went and did the run, you you were surprised by the fact that it wasn't as difficult as you yeah. expected, yeah. because you'd put prep time in. Well, I think I think the point you were getting to was the same thing happens for us spiritually. Yeah, we need to put that prep time in, and then the situations that we're faced with, mm-hmm. where we're where we have to live. Mm-hmm. The gospel, yeah, those are easier mm-hmm. because we've been doing those things to prepare. We've been in the Word, we've been in worship, we've been spending time, yeah. you know, in prayer. Yeah. We've been walking in discipleship with friends mm-hmm. and, and our community. Yeah. Um, I think that yeah. I could have made all that. I, yeah, I, probably. <laughs> well, I love this. I love you. Thank you for for wanting to do this. Um, oh, I was talking about the number of listeners. Oh, the number of the, listeners, yeah. yeah. Uh, see, there you go. Um, <laughs> but I'm excited. I, I continue to feel extremely hopeful for uh, for people to learn from our situations and, and thoughts here. And uh, and also, and a lot of the time, this is what we do. We, we sit and we're working out even though we haven't worked out in, in a couple of weeks, but, uh, but we sit and we work out and, and, you know, we'll do a few clean and jerks. And then next thing you know, we're, we're having these like deep conversations of life and, uh, doing checkmate. Always talking about Jesus. Always talking about Jesus. Love it. But I'm looking forward to the next episode. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the LeBron story next time. Yeah. Well, that'll be a good one to start with, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, like and subscribe if you feel led and uh, we'll see you next time